Hi, it's Calvin Niles, the Mindful Storyteller, and I am delighted to share with you stories of awakening. Each week, I'm going to be talking to people from around the world of various backgrounds and experiences. People I love, I know, and people I admire, but also those who are completely new to me. One thing all my guests will have in common is that they have been through a journey of awakening. By awakening, I mean a call to higher consciousness and deeper self-awareness beyond material reality. These stories will be real, challenging, funny, stimulating, and insightful. We're going to take our good time with these conversations. So listen from your comfy chair with your favorite drink, or on your weekend stroll, your morning routine, or whatever makes you happy. Stories of Awakening with me, Calvin Niles, and I look forward to you tuning in. I am so happy to have a new friend of mine, Angie. Angie was introduced to me by, I think, one of my previous guests, uh, Alex, Alex Banar. So Angie Latham is a published uh, photographer, artist, and a sound healer, but more importantly, what we're interested in is learning all about your story of awakening and your call to higher consciousness. I'm just so happy to have you here. Um, as usual, I've got a fresh cup of coffee. Can you see the steam coming off of this? I don't know if you can tell. You can't see it in the camera. I'm much more holistic with my water. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, where did, you, where did it all begin for you? Oh, wow. Um, it's funny because I was thinking about, you know, awakening and 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 that kind of phrase of awakening. And actually, I, I see it as I see it differently. I see it as reawakening because I feel that we are awake. We come into this world um, as a baby, you know, um, pure soul essence. And um, and we 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 depending on our, our family circumstances, we, we kind of hold on to that through, you know, um, for two, three years, maybe even longer if we're lucky, but then we kind of fall asleep <laughs> or in some cases are encouraged to go to sleep, put to sleep maybe. Um, and then I think most of us spend the rest of our lives trying to remember and reconnect to who we truly are um, and find our way back to, um, our soul and spirit and God source energy. Um, so yeah, so I think it's kind of like I can remember being always being awake when I was younger, um, and my earliest memories are just sitting in the garden and just just noticing the energy of everything. You know, the energy of the flowers, the energy of the plants. That everything seemed completely alive to me um, in more in a kind of a three D way. Um, and the stars and everything. I just felt part of everything. Um, and some of my earliest memories as well was, was being, well, I must've been like probably under three because I can remember being in a cot. So there's bars around me, but with beings looking over me and really, I don't know whether they were family or, you know, past family or whether they were angelics, I think probably a bit of both, but there was always this feeling of, you know, there was more around me than what I could physically see. Um, and then I suppose I, um, 
my family was Christian so then I started going to church and I think that's probably where the problem started <laughs> in that going to sleep because then you were kind of like taught that God is somewhere up here and something special and very male energetically and you know we're down here sinners in the bottom of the barrel and there's this huge kind of gap this is huge separation and um, to, to have any connection with with God's source energy, we have to go through a, a third person, you know, like a priest or a bishop or, you know, whatever. Um, and that's where it started getting all a bit sort of um, uncomfortable for me, I suppose. Um, I had some beautiful experiences in church. Um, I was in the choir for a bit. Um, and I used to love Evensong because there was hardly anybody there. And, um, and I just used to sit and daydream and look at the stained glasses. And even then I was very attracted to the angels rather than the, the Jesus figures, you know. And, um, but I found that the feeling, the, the energetic connection that I had of being in the church wasn't really, wasn't really reflected in what I was hearing in the sermons and what the vicar was saying. Um, I found it all a bit too judgmental and, um, I don't know, just just a lot of it just didn't ring true, even back then, even as 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 a, as a girl. So, um, so this was this was like as as a young child, hmm. even what smaller than ten. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I was in the choir between about eight nine till about sort of twelve thirteen, yeah. um, and then I moved away from from church. Um, through different circumstances really um, moving house and things like that but I went when I was a teenager I suppose my intuition really started to kick in so I started having prophetic dreams I started to have a lot of intuitive feelings about things but um, but a lot of it scared me because of course I was already starting to be influenced by the the education system and media so you know and things like horror films you know Ouija boards and poltergeists and stuff like that so um so I started to be afraid of you know my natural ability to read energy pick up connect with spirit um and as a teenager in the 80s you know there was no internet of course so um you know I, I I'm, I'm so jealous of teenagers now that can just go on Facebook and find a group you know <laughs> um spiritual connections or whatever to you know where you can where you can find information and you can really do your own research but I mean back then in the 80s as a kind of like you know teenager was 14 15 16 I just felt completely disconnected completely bereft I knew that I wasn't normal <laughs> I knew I didn't really fit in and that I felt different but I didn't understand how that was different and why I felt different and who to ask about being different so when my yeah. mum when my mum brought me <laughs> brought me back a leaflet from the local church she'd been she'd been on a country walk and it was a leaflet about sort of you know be careful about your teenagers getting into the occult and you know and how it's the devil's work and all that kind of thing and I was like oh my god you know I'm sort of I'm, <laughs> I'm you getting felt, you felt, you felt guilty in a way 
yeah I just well it freaked me out I was completely scared I thought oh my god maybe I am just getting drawn into you know these dark forces of the occult and um and I remember sort of like um getting some holy water I can't remember where I got it from and sprinkling it around my bedroom at the time yeah. and um yeah so then I really kind of pulled away from everything and I shut down um my intuition I just you know it's it, it was scaring me and I didn't have anybody to talk to or understand what was happening to me um I didn't realize that it was completely natural to be connected with spirit so um so yeah so I shut it down for years that's really interesting um one of the things I'm sort of sort of imagining listening is you know this kind of um you talked about this holy water and sprinkling it around as I'd imagining imagining you going oh my god what have I done what door have I opened I I remember when um I was in school I don't remember how small I was but I was very small maybe 11 probably and I had a school friend so I grew up in the Caribbean and you know we you know had all this reggae rhythms and soca rhythms and you know really uh drum based kind of tribal sounding um beats and things like that uh and the reason why I mentioned that is because uh I had a friend who her mother told her that you mustn't listen to you know dance hall music you mustn't listen to the you can't go to crop over and carnival you can't do these things because that's devil music and uh, the music and uh, you know this is something I heard when I was 11 you know um, and this is in the Caribbean by the way so can you imagine there actually there was actually this kind of indoctrination yes um that got people to want to reject what was completely natural yes. um yes. so that's that's a kind of theme of of listen I've got from listening so can I ask just when you going back a little bit to you know being aware of these beings around your your cot or your bed when you were young um and do you remember when they actually disappeared do you have a recollection of the moment where you stopped seeing them where you thought where did my friends go um not really um no not really I mean um my parents kind of like went through a, a split when I was about five, six years old. And so I had a lot of trauma then to deal with, you know, just kind of in the 3D world kind of thing. So I, you know, that's, I suppose that's where I forget, you know, uh, I'm, there's a, there's, there's a big blank that from then um, between then and when I was a teenager, I suppose. Um, yeah that, that that's that's helpful actually um can I just ask one more thing before you go on and um so this is something I've heard a lot in the stories around people kind of becoming desensitized a little bit um to something that's completely natural when did you start to feel that and become aware of that again do you remember that that when it started to reappear in your life because I mean now it's very clear that you are very much in tune with when why you say reawakening because you've almost come full circle in a way haven't you mm, yes very much so yes um I mean really from from the ages of about 
18 onwards when I moved when I when I left home really um I started to be reintroduced to spiritual um teachings Native American teachings um first and foremost and, and it, it's funny how it's funny how these things happen I, I ended up going and watching Dances with Wolves, if you remember Dances with Wolves, I just think it was about 1990. Yeah, um, this was like one of the first times they made a film that was like three hours long or something, or yeah. it was an extraordinary <laughs> long film, I certainly remember that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I went, I sat in the, um, I sat in that cinema and, um, and I didn't want to leave at the end. I, I was so emotional. It felt like, I'm getting emotional now actually, just, just remembering it. I felt like I'd gone home. There was something about being immersed in that culture, that Native American Indian culture and the sort of the, the beliefs and the spirituality of it and the connection with the earth and also their celebration of spirit. You know, there is no separation between the physical and the spirit within Native American traditions, um, like a lot of indigenous tradition, you know, teachings. And um, I just felt like I'd come home I mean I look back now and I can understand and I recognize it as that was a really powerful past life connection past life recall but at the time I was only like 1920 so I didn't I wasn't really consciously aware of what was going on but I think that was my big reconnection point um it set something off in me it got me so much into my heart and you know, some sometimes you it's almost like you have to break down um, the, the the casing, the energetic casing that we've built up. It, you know, um, through from again our outside programming through our education system, our religious, um, you know, our society, how we've been brought up, um, friends, family influences, and and you know we can all kind of like develop this shell around our heart and it has the we have to break it open for the light to get back in um that yeah. that's what i've that's what i've learned um and that's why things like you know losing people um you know trauma um you know these can be the 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 grief as transformation you know it breaks open that kind of like these layers of illusion um and beliefs, limiting beliefs that we've kind of like surrounded ourselves in through our own circumstances. Um, so that was a real heart opener for me. Um, I came out just crying my eyes out and just and then it felt completely bereft because this I, is after the film. Yes, I felt so at home within the film. And then, of course, being, I felt completely disconnected again. So I kind of connected with my soul or, or you know, through that heart centre during the film and then when I'd come out of the film it's like that separation and disconnection again I felt really bereft um but I, I started to look into and learn about Native American teachings and really resonated with with those so I suppose that that's when I kind of feel like I started to reconnect with the spiritual path wow that's amazing uh you know and it's uh it's quite powerful how it, it even illustrates that you know, I know from the kind of storytelling world that, you know, when sometimes you see yourself in a story which triggers something in already present in you, you know, this is the power of even of myth, which mm -hmm. we can identify ourselves in this story. And then we go, 
out. So I'm I'm kind of imagining you being transported into this world and then realizing, hang on a minute, I've been here before. Or, you know, you had this uh, you had this unlocking moment. So but you said that you didn't really know consciously what was really happening. So you had this really emotional experience I'm gathering. Um, what did that do for you? Did that take you down to a kind of a spiritual quest or questioning? Or did you kind of just go off and live your life normally? Thanks for being part of this conversation. One of the things I'm learning during this series is that the chapters of each person's story are still being written. If you are conscious of a new story wanting to emerge in your life, but the clutter of your mind is slowing you down, a simple way to start is by decluttering your physical space. Subscribe and download my free ebook, Simplify Your Life, helping you to declutter and make way for the things that matter. Download your free copy at www.simplifyandmakespace.com. <laughs> I suppose I was lucky because I'd, I'd started to connect with other people that were on a kind of more spiritual level and um, a lot of musicians, a lot of artists, so a lot of like an alternative community. So moving out of the family home, moving towns to a place that there was that kind of um, scene going on was crucial to me really try beginning to reconnect with with who I was and feeling comfortable with who I was for the first time I suppose I felt like um that I wasn't an, a black sheep I wasn't the outsider that you know there, there was other people like me <laughs> in the world and you know it's so difficult to describe that to people that don't remember life before the internet because it is so easy to connect with people like-minded now um so um so yeah I, I just I I started exploring the Native American traditions I started going out and I did a few like vision quests you know where you just go out and sort of I stayed on the hills overnight on my own faced my fears of uh, of that you know of, of being alone at night um and I suppose it's uh it's, it's just been a gradual unfolding since then but I suppose it was a it was 2015 that it's like everything just like completely opened up again. Um, and what I find interesting now as a therapist that, um, that does soul coaching for clients is that I often ask them if they had a shift around 2016, 2017, because I noticed that so many people that are embodying now their their sort of soul's mission if you like um and stepped right onto their path as therapists light workers way showers they um they have often had a big shift around 2016 sometimes 2018 um especially people that weren't already doing what they were supposed to be doing something happened around that time um to really kind of like shift everybody it's almost like time's over for milling around on the platform you've got to get on the train <laughs> <laughs> and of course looking back at what's what we've been through the last two years that really started in sort of you know March 2020 to me that is so obvious about why that happened it was almost like we were getting ready for what was coming down the track um yeah. and 
my guides showed me images in 2019 of rows and rows and rows of Red Cross tents, you know, like the old army kind of field Red Cross tents. Um, and they said to me, there's, there's something coming that means that, you know, therapists, light workers, way showers, you've got to be ready because there's going to be so many casualties coming off the battlefield and need healing. They'll need to know how to connect back with their souls. Um, they, you know, I didn't know what was coming, but, um, but, but obviously with what we've gone through with the pandemic, that's obviously what they were showing me. But it's easy to take that as quite literal as kind of like, you know, a virus making people ill and needing to go to hospital. But what they were showing me was energetically that people it was going to be a huge awakening for people to, to be, you know, faced with who they are, what's life all about. Is there anything after, you know, because what the pandemic has done, of course, is 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 bring everybody face to face with their own mortality. And if you've if you've not really thought about the wider universe and where you fit in with the wider universe um, spiritually, then then those are the people that I've seen that have really struggled over the last two years um, because they've had nothing else to have a, a wider observational view of, of, of what's of what's happening. Mm. Um, so I find it fascinating how we have these shifts and uh, often lots of us on the planet have shifts at the same time because of something that's coming um, down the line that we have no conscious awareness of until it actually happens. Yeah, until you look in the rearview mirror and go, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was watching, uh, where did I read? I read an article uh, on the scientific journal the other day um, saying that uh, the the planet, um, you know, when as you get older, time perception is different from when you're younger and, you know, everything seems to be happening so much faster. So this article kind of was like saying, you thought you were crazy when you said things were speeding up. And guess what? The planet is actually rotating yeah. 0.4 seconds faster. Yeah. And... Uh, and it started to speed up in 2020, and it's the first time that it started to speed up uh, in rotation since the 60s. Um, and somebody made a comment and says, wow, even the planet wanted to get through 2020 faster. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed that a 24 hour day now only feels like an eight hour day and what you used to be able to get done in a 24 hour day now just seems to be there's just not enough time um linear time is starting to kind of starting to fall apart um and yeah i think i think that's a real it, it, it's a real symptom of of what we're going through um in this kind of like ascension process, this sort of spiritual awakening is that um, the, the old way of doing things, the old way of looking things, especially that is very ego mind based is just, it's not really gonna be supported. And it's, um, it, it, we really need to get more into flow and in, into present moment rather than trying to control the future and, and look at things as a very 3D linear way where, we're becoming more multidimensional. And in reflection to that, 
time is feeling more multidimensional as well. <laughs> so, um, so our perception of time, I think, is just going to get more and more um, strange until we kind of like break out of that that illusion of of time that there is only really this now moment, and then another now moment, and another now moment. Um, and as soon as you say the word now the now that you were talking about before is already gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um this is thank you for sharing uh thank you for sharing that and uh the richness of of your perspective there as well so i'm imagining you as this teenager who is almost being called to some kind of journey and you encounter this film which hits you straight in your heart you come out of this film emotionally open, uh, but you're already in this environment which is nurturing of the questions you're asking and so on and so forth. Were you already using language like ascension process back then or, you know, multidimensional, um, kind of like some of the linguistic uh, nuances that I'm hearing from you now? Did that no. start to come? Is that where is it? Was it 2015 where things really opened up for you personally as well? Then was there something big that happened then? Or what was the bridge between Dances with Wolves and the Angelatham who now sort of speaks with this level of awareness? I think the um the big thing was 2015. I'd been working in the NHS for about six years um as a GP receptionist. And um so Wow, I would let you were a GP receptionist. Yeah. <laughs> I would love for you to have been my GP receptionist. <laughs> Why aren't they all like you? <laughs> now that that's Seriously. exactly the problem you see um you know we, they have a really bad rep and um so so that's perfect because you can understand now that the level of um you know negativity but but you know that that I was imbibing really um we're told what to do by the doctors but the patients have the perception that we're the gatekeepers that are stopping them from seeing the doctor, that the doctor would like to see them. And we're kind of like doing that to the, you know, but um, but anyway, to cut a long story short, it was a very, very stressful job. And for somebody that um, was, you know, highly empathic and highly sensitive, um, I really had no, um, I wasn't really consciously protecting myself energetically at the time so I was just you know it was just like I was getting all of this stuff thrown at me and it was just going into my body into my energetic field I had no way of kind of protecting myself and no way of like I didn't really understand energy hygiene so just as we we have a shower to 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 wash off um, the dirt that we pick up in our everyday life on a physical level we need to do that energetically as well and I just wasn't doing that and I didn't really know how to do it so after six years my stress levels were so high um, that my immune system com completely collapsed which is what happens you know when you're in that sort of constant sympathetic nervous system you've got you know high levels of cortisol rushing through your body um, your blood pressure is high, your heart rate is high. And, um, and basically they, those, that kind of 
those states of adrenaline are only supposed to be for short periods of time, you know, um, for getting through periods of danger, acute, you know, acute danger, stress. Um, but then we're supposed to return back to that parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and repair, rest and digest. And, um, you know, it's very, it's very obvious when we look at, um, you know, the African plains and, you know, gazelles will be happily grazing and then a lion will come along and they'll get the adrenaline rush and they'll run away. And if they're lucky enough to escape, they'll just like go, oh, nice grass and back to grazing again, where, you know, we'd be like, oh, oh no, there might be another lion. There might be another lion. Any moment there might be another lion. Well, gazelles don't do that. They just, you know, they shake it off and then they go back to um, the present moment <laughs> where there's no lion, there's only lovely grass. So we, need, we really need to relearn how to do that. So, but of course our society, uh, many of us are just stuck in that, um, that high adrenaline, high alert state. And basically what, what happens is that the body just starts to shut down anything that it doesn't need in that moment of needing to get away from the lion. So your immune system is, it's, you know, your digestive system, your immune system. Um, we don't need that when we're trying to run away from a lion. So mm. basically that, um, that collapsed um, after six years of kind of like being scared of the lion. <laughs> wow. And, um, and I got, diagnosed with ME and chronic fatigue. Um, I was too ill to work. I was so in my head. Um, I couldn't sleep at night, insomnia, anxiety. Um, basically, I was just living completely in my head, whereas I would say now that I live completely in my heart. And um, the difference is incredible. Yeah. So so you, you essentially burnt out. Burnt out, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and of can, I, can I can I just can I just ask, were you because I know by this time you already had some degree of awareness and you know dances with wolves was way back in the past. Did you have practices or insights or anything that helped you at that time? And this just became kind of like another ripple of awakening, or did you kind of go back to sleep and have to reawaken again? Um I, I would six-year phase. Yeah, I would describe it as I still, I still was had a spiritual path, but it was almost like something that I did as a hobby or at weekends, or it wasn't my full costume, everyday costume. Um, so I wasn't fully engaged with it. I suppose. I suppose it's kind of like this was my normal life and this was my spiritual life, and they ran kind of like parallel. Whereas like now they're 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 one. So. Um, but I, ha I think we all have the warning signs, you know, spirit, your higher self, um, whatever you want to call it, is always tapping you on the shoulder and it's always trying to get you to go left, go left, go left. But, you know, our, our ego minds and our free will as humans are kind of like, now I'm going right. <laughs> so, um, so I had the, you know, I had these kind of niggles of kind of like, you shouldn't be in this job you know, it's not right for you, it's not good for you, you should be doing something that brings you more joy, your art, your photography. Um, and I suppose you just ignore it because the ego mind says it's a good job, it's pension, you know, uh, and, and the fear programs of what, you know, well, how am I going to make any money from doing what you love? Um, 
you know, so, so all, all of these limiting beliefs that I had um, were stopping me really from doing what I should be doing. Mm. And sooner or later, spirit will slap you down if you don't listen. So sometimes that, that is, you know, um, your marriage falling apart. Sometimes you get the sack, sometimes yeah, whatever. <laughs> hey man, have you been reading my biography? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, I, I love the, um, I love the saying, um, drama is what we create to get our attention when we're not paying attention. And I think that is, it's perfect because whether it's a, a cancer diagnosis or a marriage falling apart or a job loss, you know, we can all look back. I think if we're totally honest, we can all look back and, and know that we were getting those intuitive hits and those feelings of this isn't right. I should be moving forward. I should, you know, um, and we ignore it partly because sometimes we don't believe that we're worthy enough. Sometimes we don't believe that um, it's possible um and other times it is just literally how we've been programmed by society um and we just continually override the that intuitive heart hit with our um analytical ego mind so we allow the ego mind to run the show um and i'm not saying the ego mind isn't um valuable but we have to go through the heart center first we have to get that intuitive hit first to then be able to use the mind in the correct way rather than against us um so just so. just just let me just share something very quickly with you right you mentioned this uh you know not listening or paying attention actually i remember i had a car accident some years ago uh i was in a corporate job and i knew for two years i should have left mm -hmm. but i wouldn't leave mm -hmm. you know because you know i've got responsibilities of a father yeah. Got bills to pay, blah blah blah. Yeah. And uh, one winter's morning, I was driving down the M25, icy morning as well. And my car spun out of control. It was a BMW, so it had rear wheel drive, which is terrible on ice. And I took a detour that morning. I remember it so vividly because I thought, oh, I was actually going to the airport to pick up my father from Gatwick. And I remember taking this detour through this really leafy Surrey village. It was maybe 6 a.m., but it was winter, so it was still dark outside. Um, and it was just a lovely morning. I had my coffee cup with me. I was enjoying the empty streets, um, the real silence of the village. You know, it was a leafy part of town came back onto the m25 and i'm just thinking about what i'm going to do when i get to the airport and when i got on the m25 i'm driving there's a few cars around but it's not too dense you know when it's like spaced out and the front wheel hit this ice water patch and slid an aquaplane sort of at the same time and the i just felt straight away that i had lost control of the car the car spun across three lanes, missed every single car. Okay, not a single car was hit. As I spun around the middle lane, I actually saw oncoming traffic because the car spun around. And this car was heading towards me, spun across the slow lane into this hard uh, 
barrier on the side front still spinning side and back all the lights at the front side and back were bashed out the side airbag was deployed all the airbags were deployed and then it bounced back into the road into the center lane at 90 degrees oncoming traffic black car sleet and snow 6 a.m i saw this car coming straight towards me in my periphery so i just grabbed my phone and ran across the lanes a guy in a lorry saw me he put his hazard zone and kind of like made sure he slowed down quickly i ran across and the reason why i'm telling you this story is because what you're saying so resonates and and then when the ambulance came because some people witnessed the crash they came over they were like oh my god are you okay i'm a first aider let me check you when the ambulance came they were looking in the car for bodies with a flashlight and they were like where you know who was in this car and i said it was me and he says you were in this car and i said yeah the paramedics came when they said that they went come with me and they put me in the back of their ambulance and i tell you angie all i left with was a sore elbow probably maybe a bang on the head like from the impact but what i'm saying is like nothing almost without a scratch mm -hmm. and when i walked away i took that as a you are not walking on the path you should be walking on <laughs> and this was a huge wake-up moment would you believe i resigned from my job that very week i i would believe it and it's like good on you because some people wouldn't have i mean that, that i mean that's a real big slap wake up call isn't it i mean it's just like, it doesn't get much kind of like in your face than that yeah i got slapped with a car <laughs> yeah so yeah. um so 2020 20 february 2021 i had um a near head-on crash i was going through um a real kind of like i know what's happening with the planet but I don't know whether I want to be here. And it's like, I don't think I've got the strength to be here for this time. And it, wow. so I was having this real kind of, um, would I be, would I be of better service outside of the physical body, I suppose, of transitioning back to spirit. And, um, and, and I had pretty much exactly the same as you. I, I was kind of, um, I, I just nearly had this head on crash. Um, we, we kind of swerved each, each other, but we kind of clipped on the side and, um, and I, I just walked away with it without a scratch. Um, when I went to grab my, um, my bag with my phone in it to get out of the car, there was a little angel card on the passenger seat um, face down. And I've never had any angel cards in that car um i do have them at my, my therapy room they they stay in a bowl at my therapy room but i've never had them in my car and there was nothing on that seat um when i got in the car and it was um basically i'd completely lost my faith um lost my faith in my intuition and and and, and what i was doing here and um and when I picked up that, I, I still keep it here. When I picked up that angel card, it, this is what it was. Hey, wow. Yeah. So that just like permanently lives now <laughs> as a reminder on my little altar. 
Um, so yeah, that that it's a it's a real angelic bitch slap, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> and it reminded me that, you know, we can just go just like that. It's easy to leave the physical body, it's easy to leave this life. Yeah. And if no matter how dreadful or lost we feel, if we're still here, we're meant to be still here. Um, so get curious about why we're wow. here. Yeah. Why are we still here? What is it that, that we're supposed to be doing or learning or growing from? Because one thing that I believe 110% is that when the soul is ready for us to exit, we'll exit, you know, and um, we have, I also believe that we have several kind of exit exit doors if you like along the way that some sometimes we we set up some of them we set up before incarnation and some of them we kind of like create as we go um but there's definitely several places where um we can kind of take a a, a stop you can alight. They're like they're like train stations <laughs> or bus yeah, stops yeah do you yeah. want to get off now or do you want to carry on a little bit longer? Um, yeah, and, and I, I've definitely had, you know, two or three of those in my life where, wow. and, and that was that was definitely one of them. Um, was that, that was actually, that was actually, uh, so that was a year ago. That was February 21, yeah, yeah. Just over a year. So going going back in, um, to when you burnt out after six years in your corporate role, that was, and, and you've kind of, quit in was it 2015 I think you said or around yeah, around then that intervening period must have been quite a big period of transformation for you what um what did that evolution look like uh for you because that is pretty huge I mean I guess of course it involved a lot of healing physically and and so on too um but what happened and then I guess part two to that question is what made you fall out of faith again in 2021? Yeah. Um, well, I think there's, I, I think the thing with awakening is that it is just a gradual unfolding. So you you get, you get to a certain point and then, and then there's another ceiling that has to open. And what I've found is before you get to that great expansion, there there's often like a real contraction. So often we'll get these kind of like, these real challenges or kind of um loss of faith or questioning um and and we really kind of contract almost like a snake that is kind of got too you know big for its skin and it's kind of like i can't fit and then and then we'll expand again um that's that's been my experience and my observation when i look back on my life that it's just gen shedding of another skin shedding of another skin and you come out sort of like brighter <laughs> you know and and and, and more colorful for it but at the time it feels so so um you know it, it you know it can feel so debilitating and so um dark really um but i think it's all partly a little more death of the ego and a little more death of the ego so that you so that in 2015 like like 2021 you know really it's a let go and let god moment isn't it it's it's kind of like where you get to the point where the ego for whatever reason has got the ego mind has got 
a bit more too in charge than it should be and it and it takes that kind of um bringing you back to a place of surrender um where you just give it over back almost to your soul or higher self or angels or, or whatever you know you identify with and it's just that like letting go of control letting go of the wheel and allowing things to start happening um and your soul comes in and takes over that's how I see it so in 2015 I literally woke up um you know at three in the morning I woke myself up crying because I could not face going into work the next morning um and my husband said you can't go in you need to go to the doctor and get signed off for stress so I did and so I had two weeks and then that turned into four weeks and that turned into a month and I, basically I just never went back to that job but it took it took getting to that point where I I couldn't I could not drive the wheel of that car anymore before that the light got in and that ex expansion was allowed to happen. So for ME and chronic fatigue, there's no conventional cure. Um, they don't really know how to treat it in, in allopathic medicine. So I looked for alternatives, um, started going, I, I went to a gong bath in 2016 and um, that really, you know, has changed my life because <laughs> if I hadn't have been, gone to that gong bath and I wouldn't be sat here you know, talking to you now, I wouldn't be a sound therapist, I wouldn't have learnt to use sound and vibration. Um, and it's not only changed um, my health, um, and my energetic health, but it's also completely um, changed my spiritual views in that it's sound and vibration frequency, it's, it's filled in all the gaps that were missing. It's kind of like how how do we connect to spirit? How does the universe work? It's kind of, it's all about vibration and frequency. It's all about energy. So learning about vibration and frequency um, has, has kind of, it's given me all the answers that I didn't have any answers to, uh, even though I was always on that spiritual path. So what I found when I went to my first gong bath was, um, I just journeyed for the first time in years. I kind of journeyed like I was on, you know, psychedelic drugs or something. I, I went completely out of myself and um, saw myself on a hilltop as a Native American woman. So that was, you know, harking back really to that first awakening. But I was an elder and I had, and I was drumming and I was, um, I connected to bear medicine and the bear just came and sort of like, put its arms around me and hugged me and we kind of like went into this sort of dance where we became each other and it was just you know just an amazing sort of um um vibrational trip really but I kind of came out of that gong bath feeling completely clear completely energized um I'd gone in feeling exhausted you know with my chronic fatigue and the worst thing that I found about the chronic fatigue was the constant brain fog it was like having a permanent hangover but coming out of the gong bath not only did I feel crystal clear um, and but I also felt re-energized as well so it, it worked on all levels it worked on my physical level my emotional level um, the mental level the monkey mind just shut the up you know um, all of that overthinking and all of the the sort of constant 
um, mind loops that I'd been suffering from, negative mind loops that I couldn't get out of, that just kind of dissipated. And I suppose really what it did is it got me back into my heart center. And once you're in, once you're in your heart center, then you're in present moment awareness, but you, but it opens you out to the multi-dimensionality of, of who you are as a soul. And all of a sudden, um, what's not important falls away. And, and what is important is kind of like, it's almost like you get in touch with that inner knowledge and that inner wisdom that's always been there. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty powerful experience for me going to to my first gong bath. So um, that really set me on the journey to being becoming a sound therapist myself. I started to go along every two weeks to this gong bath and then was like, oh, but I need something in between. <laughs> so I bought myself my own gong and um, so that I could just play it at home and meditate at home. Um, yeah, and the rest is history, really, now that I do that is my full-time job now is, is, is doing sound baths and meditate sound based meditations. Yeah. Oops. That's an incredible story. Um, you, you know, I want to get the name of the, uh, sound therapist or, you know, sound healer who did that initial sound, uh, sound therapy for you, because, you know, you said that if you hadn't been there, then you wouldn't be here talking to me which means I would never have met you. So I need to send them a card. <laughs> actually, we, um, we, we, we actually work together now. So um, we, do oh, joint, awesome. we, we do joint gong baths once a month. Um, he plays his gongs and I do the crystal bowls and the Tibetan bowls. So we kind of collaborate together once a month. And, um, and we're always sold out, actually. It's, um, it's a beautiful venue that we do these sound baths in. But they, um, yeah, they all, they're always sold out. We always have a waiting list. So... Um, yeah. Sound seems to be playing such an important role at this period of time. I mean, you would be the third sound person, either healer, therapist, or somebody working with sound on this series. Mm. Uh, and it just seems to be really an important part, actually, of supporting people at this time, I, I would imagine. Um, because for me to have three, and it's not because I was seeking out sound, <laughs> you know, I just... Uh, Whoever comes comes to the show. Was, I just believe they they have something valuable to say and, and add. Um, but one thing I'm interested in before you go, if you have like a few more minutes, is this last phase because um, you know you woke up to a different version of yourself and you really went into presence and connected with your heart space and got back on the path that you felt you should be walking on. So what happened to put things a little bit askew in the last few years to maybe bring you this message of falling out of faith? Um, is there anything you want to share around that? Yeah, it was, um, well, the pandemic. Um, so I'd, I'd been a very sensible um, person and I'd built up my sound therapy business um, quietly. Um, on the side of, I did go back into it. So in, at the end of 2015, um, I went back very part-time into the NHS, but not in a front role 
job I was admin at the back so so no patient contact <laughs> um so so that kind of like was paying off which is which is actually ironic because you're the ideal person to be <laughs> speaking to patients at the front who really do you know what I mean it's so funny like the people who really need your energy um are the people who want to kill you <laughs> yeah. of, course, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> of course you know part of me loved that job because I do want to be of service that you know that is that's really all of our calling is to be of service and it's just finding out how how we be of service to others while also bringing ourselves joy so being of service to others in a GP surgery it was being of service to others but it wasn't really bringing me joy <laughs> because of you know it wasn't it wasn't my alignment you know some people are very good at that job and I admire them but for me I'm a sensitive I'm a healer um you know I need to I need to be of service in, in another way so um but anyway I so I did go back in an admin role but only very part-time it literally just um it was just covering our rent so so by 2019, um, October 2019, my um, my guides were really, really adamant that now was the time to let go of the NHS job and go full time self-employed. And they were very pacific. They did not want me still in the NHS on the 1st of January 2020, um, which, again, you know, looking back, it's just like, wow, you know, um, so, so I gave my uh, notice in October, I needed to give two months notice, which took you up to December. So January the 1st, 2020, I was fully self-employed, you know, really looking forward to being my own boss and doing what I absolutely love. And just like all my, I, I had almost a year's work already booked, you know, for retreats and workshops and sound baths and all these sort of things. Um, so I was doing really well for the first three months of 2020. And then of course the pandemic hit and, you know, everything disappeared. I mean, you literally, it's kind of like my diary cleared. <laughs> um, so I had, you know, no income, um, no way of earning money um, because I'd only just become self-employed. Of course, I fell through the net from help from the government so it was almost like every single door got quite literally slammed in my face um and of course you know um, my, my husband was lucky enough to be on furlough but 80 percent of a not great wage is not uh, not enough um but we still had more money than we'd get on universal credit so again no help there so so that was really really tough um and of course it, you know, it made me question everything. It's kind of like, why on earth, you know, I was following my intuition and I was, you know, following my heart and what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, now what, you know? And it was really kind of like, um, oh my God, I've just misread everything. It was all my imagination, you know? Um, there's no guides, there's no higher self, there's no intuition. It's just like, I've just been really stupid and let go of a good job, which, you know, would have been perfectly safe um, during the, the pandemic, um, being in the NHS. And now we are faced with, you know, complete ruin, not being able to pay our rent. You know, we're gonna end up on the streets. 
oh god you know mm. um so so i remember sort of when we were still very much in lockdown and we weren't supposed to go out anywhere except to get food or medicines um i just i just got in the car because I, I had cabin fever and i just drove out to the middle of the countryside found somewhere to park up where i didn't think i was going to get harassed by the police and um and i just screamed the place down first of all in my car <laughs> and then after the screaming and the shouting and the anger and the bitterness I then you know completely broke down and, and cried um, and then when I totally exhausted that that emotion again that's where you got to that kind of let go and let God kind of mm. you know the ego let go and my guides came in very quickly and very strongly almost kind of like saying now you've <laughs> now you've stopped having a tantrum we're going to talk to you <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. so, and they said basically in a nutshell they said you know how the universe works you know how the quantum field works you know how law of attraction works you know that you can co-create your own reality you know all this now you've got to put it into practice you know this isn't something that you can keep teaching others you're gonna have to live it it's like you've got no income you've got no help many wise then co-create it you know um so it it was basically oh my god i've really got to put literally my money where my mouth is and i've got to start trusting and surrendering that money will come in and i'll be okay um yeah. and that's what i had to do through 2020 um was was completely um be very careful how where I was vibrating, um, what my mind was doing, the thoughts I was having. So every time I'd get into that that fear, the fear loops of kind of like, oh, you know, we're not going to get any money, we're going to end up on the street, all that sort of thing. I'd kind of rein it back in and go back into the heart center and just get in touch with the frequency of what it feels like to be abundant, what it feels like to be, to have money coming in without the ego minds getting in the way going, well, where's that going to come from? It can't because that's, you know, because you don't qualify for this or what, it, you know, well, that's impossible. So leaving all of those kind of like that ego mind limiting belief stories behind and just keeping in that heart center of, no, I know what the vibration and the frequency of abundance feels like. I'm going to keep bringing myself back to that vibration and that frequency, just like in an old fashioned radio station, you just keep tuning into that, the, the radio station that you want. And if you start going off the dial, then you start getting the interference, you start getting the you have to keep putting that dial back and that's now really you're now you're showing your age because everybody uses dab now <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> but cassettes are the in thing apparently <laughs> um, they're making a comeback are they <laughs> yeah yeah everything i've still got comes... some vhs's that i need to, uh, to, to go everything down is everything comes back in a cycle doesn't it uh, and, and uh yeah so um so yeah, it's it's it it really taught me to to live like that, and um, and I suppose what happened in twenty twenty one, you got through twenty twenty, but then we had that that other lockdown again at Christmas, and then that actually I think that ended up being a longer lockdown, didn't it? In the end, than the first one, um, and that's I really struggled. I really struggled in that that January February 
period of 2021 again I had no I just felt like I was just getting back on my feet I'd done the co-creating I'd you know and then it was sort of like almost like snakes and ladders back down to the bottom again so and because it was winter and it's dark and it's dingy and you, you know um you're spending a lot of time indoors so you're not getting out oh I wasn't anyway getting outside in nature and stuff so I suppose I'd I started getting back into those mind loops that sort of like more operating from the ego mind and the lack limitation and competition rather than staying in the heart center um but also I felt like you know 2020 that that was hard work you know energetically it was hard work and I felt like you know, oh, I don't want to do this again in 2021. Um, and that's when I started having the, do I really want to do this? And, you know, I was hearing other things about, you know, the pandemic is just the start. There's other things coming down the line. You know, this is part of a sort of four or five year arc of, you know, the old paradigms and the old systems breaking down. And I was kind of, I suppose it was dawning on me that this wasn't a sprint you know it was actually going to be a marathon and I was kind of like oh, do you know what <laughs> have I got the energy I, I just don't know whether I've got the energy to do it so so those were the kind of thoughts that were going through my head um and I started to doubt myself on a human level I kind of I know who I am as, as a, at a soul level now but it's kind of like I'm very aware that I'm in a human body with you know with a certain type of brain that is programmed in a certain type of way and it's kind of sometimes they they just aren't compatible you know human personality Angela <laughs> Latham is not compatible with the soul um and um so I was having this real tug of war about you know do do I it wasn't a kind of a fearful thing it was just a kind of do I really want to stay here in a physical body through this time of transition um, or do I want to exit now, get off the train and um, do what I can from from up there rather than down on 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 the in the battlefield, if you like. Um, so I, and I wasn't sure I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. So so that bitch slap of a car crash was kind of my answer, really. Um, and, and since then, I've been like, OK. I'm obviously supposed to be here because you'd have taken me out. So I'll just get on with sort of being here. And it was a kind of like a get your big girl's pants on and just, <laughs> you know, just carry on sort of thing. Um, so that that's that's what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm wow. more in more in flow, more interest and surrender than I ever have been in my life. And the more I trust and surrender, the better life is. Um, you know, still have challenges, of course. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't have challenges. It doesn't mean that you don't lose people. It doesn't mean that sort of like, you know, tragedy or drama doesn't happen, but it's, but it's the way you start to react to it and the way that you're able to react to things in a, a more spiritually aligned way and a more um non-judgmental way i suppose um and that again is 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 largely through my understanding of frequency and vibration that basically everything is in the physical world 
on planet Earth anyway, is an exploration of frequency. So if you if you you know have fear on the one end of the scale and love on the other end of the scale, we have you know a million shades of grey in between, and each one is just a different radio band it's just a different frequency and it's kind of like and, and we have the power as souls to co-create our reality to explore these different um bands of frequency and if you're in a band of frequency that you don't enjoy then we have got the power to change that frequency if we want to but we do have the free will we can be the pity party and you know complain about what we don't have or we can be grateful and and look for the gifts in what we do have um and and i suppose seeing things in the form of frequency allows me to be non-judgmental so so it's kind of like if i go into fear or if my if you know if if my ego <laughs> gets a bit too um active then I can observe that in a non-judgmental way and think, oh, that's that's a that's a fear program. That that's come from when I was seven, from when I wasn't picked for the team at school, or you know, or that's when you know I was laughed at as a teenager for speaking my truth and you know, or whatever it is. But I see it as a vibrational frequency. That's interesting frequency, that's judgment and persecution. That seems to come up quite a lot in my life. So that is obviously something that me as a soul is trying to work through um is is letting go of that perception of judgment and persecution um and i've noticed that personally that that is a theme that i've struggled with through my life and many of my clients do as well and of course it takes the form of not speaking our truth a lot of the time um and when i when i trained as a past life aggression therapist i realized that some of these things you know are not just from this life but they can be carried on from other experiences in other lives and other dimensions as well so if i was burnt at a stake as a witch you know for going against the narrative of the time then you know when i'm speaking up about the narrative of this time be it coronavirus or vaccine passports or whatever it is then that can trigger the same kind of just like a tuning fork you can strike that here and it will vibrate through the energy field of where I've come across that as a challenge before mm -hmm. so it'll amplify it so sometimes we come across challenges or situations where we seem to have you know we, we seem to Oh, what's the word I want? We seem to, to kind of, um, we'll have to write this out. <laughs> you know, an over amplification of, of um, emotion, if you like, that something will make us emotionally react. Yeah. Disproportionate to, to what's actually happened. And that is because it's, a, it's triggering somewhere else in our energetic field where we've come across it before, where we haven't faced yeah. it or we haven't healed it and we've just suppressed it we haven't integrated that um lesson or challenge or knowledge so, wow yeah. wow this is a this is quite um relevant actually um so i'm thinking about all of the people who are listening to this who probably you know on their own journeys and you know seeing how 2020 has been significant for them uh, on their own path and 
um, really just, I also think it's really nice that, you know, there are people like you who are teaching and serving and helping people to heal. We're also showing that, you know, we're still all on, on a journey of learning too. And I think that's one of the big things about this show. Like everybody who's come on the show said, hey, you know, I'm not awakened. I'm awakening. <laughs> and it's the active on the ing part, which really um, is the, where I get a lot of the value from personally. You know, this is really pleasure uh, for me to hear and learn from from people like you. So I want to, first of all, thank you for all that you're doing in the world. Thank you for coming on and talking to me and making the time. Thank you for taking that first sound bath back in 2016. Because <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have met, you know, I haven't forgotten that. Um, but hopefully we can maybe have another conversation uh, down the line as well as things unfold, if if you'd like to do that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't, I'm not sure whether I've answered any of your original questions, but I did warn you that I would go off on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think you uh, I think you've covered quite quite um, quite nicely some of the experiences that you've had and this is the other hard thing about when people are sharing their stories you know you know that you know, everybody's life's got millions of stories right so it's kind of like okay what's pertinent what's relevant to this and well, how best can I illustrate this 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 point and I think you were fantastic in helping me to understand some of the things that got you where you are so uh, thank you thank you no I'm really um yeah really uh happy that you uh that you've had me on because I I kind of requested you really via Alex I saw your interview with Alex and said oh I just really love Calvin's energy you think you could <laughs> do you think you'd like like to talk to me so oh, awesome. um, yeah <laughs> all right so this was all yeah. set up by you orchestrated by you <laughs> excellent wow well, and you and Alex, because if you hadn't have interviewed Alex, then I wouldn't have come across you probably. So it's it, nothing's a coincidence, is it? And that's what I love is that we all really do interweave and and co-create our realities. And um, and if we do speak again, maybe we can talk about that. You know, our incarnations, the soul contracts, the the energies that we weave between souls, soul family. You know, because that's a, a huge part of. Of, of my work as well uh, that kind of feeds feeds into the sound vibration but it's kind of like the sound of the sound therapy was a springboard onto that so um yeah and I'm finding that in my therapy sessions that I am very multi-dimensional in how um how client sessions go so I don't box myself into they're coming for sound therapy or they're coming for hypnotherapy and it's just sort of it just organically grows to whatever they are um what they need at the time and and you know so um yeah it's it's this is an exciting time to be alive it's really exciting and um and, and it's very much like a roller coaster isn't it it's thrilling and it you know but also completely scary um at the same time but at a soul level it's what we love we absolutely love this roller coaster ride um even if our human <laughs> our human counterparts are like oh my god it's too scary i can't do this <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you're absolutely right we, we we learn everybody is a teacher and a student and um and there is no there is no enlightenment we would we wouldn't be incarnating into a physical body if we were that enlightened we'd just 
be back at source. So, um, so I suppose that the message that I would like to leave with anybody is whatever path you're following and, you know, however you see spirit, source, God, um, you know, always feel in your heart center what resonates with you and then discard the rest because what anybody else has said or written is just their perception and their take on things and and none of us know the the truth from outside of us but we know the truth inside of us so it's more about getting to know how we tune into that truth inside of us um other people outside of us can only guide us but only we have our own answers um and i hope that that's what i help people do is empower them to understand that that we all have our own answers and it's whatever resonates with us through love obviously yeah thank you yeah well let's take that answers a a wonderful actual summation is the way out is the way in Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning into this conversation with me on the Stories of Awakening podcast. It was an absolute delight to have you here. And this is just a reminder to head over to simplifyandmakespace.com to collect your free decluttering workbook to simplify your life and make way with the things that matter.